Hey, motherfuckers. Pardon this interruption for one second as I give one of my usual disclaimers that's very necessary to say. Look, I might talk real good sometimes, but please know that I am just a traumatized motherfucker like you. I research trauma, I relate my own discoveries to our shared experiences, and I share my own reflections on this roller coaster life that I think most of us have known as complex PTSD. But I'm not a professional. I am a master's student in behavioral science. I am a former cellular biologist. I am okay at relaying words that describe the baffling experiences of living with disintegrated, obsessive, and attentionally disordered trauma brains that tend to be riddled with anxiety, depression, and self-fucking destruction. And I'm very, very happy to help in any way that I can. But that's it. As part of our trauma patterning challenges, I think sometimes we get into trauma danger territory when expectations for our shared connections get a little too high. Read every codependent relationship and narcissistic problem in our pasts. Am I right? Yeah. That's it, fuckers. I'm saying I can't counsel you. I can't give you advice without a shrug that comes with. I also can't read your mind or avoid every single person's every trigger. I cannot address every human's individual circumstances. I can only speak from my perspective, from the research, and from those stories that are shared in the traumatized motherfuckers community. Everything else is sort of up to you which I realize is a problem with all of the learned helplessness that we have with our trauma selves and with the tendency we have to believe that every person on this planet knows more than we do. But we all got to do it. So, hey, I think that you should start at the beginning of the show if you are still looking for some early trauma learnings. There's a lot to catch up on straight from my fucked up life to yours. But around here, my name is Jess. I'm just a traumatized motherfucker sharing the good news that you are not alone in feeling broken and damaged and doomed. And I'm here doing my best to support your recovery while I also still have to tackle and manage my own. So I can't wait to meet you and to hang out with you in the community, to see you on the Instagram page, and to keep on this trauma brain-busting journey together. You are not the only one who's always felt this way, and you don't have to wander this alone. But let's get to it, all right? Cheers, fuckers. What up, motherfuckers? It's just here, having a podcasting Wednesday, and so happy to be doing it. I have been a little overwhelmed trying to figure things out lately, and it's been a little bit difficult for me to find the time to sit down and do my shit. But here we are. I'm glad to be doing it. And it seems like things are going relatively well with the podcast lately. Uh, again, let me say, honestly, I never expected any of this to still be happening. Um, I started this blog a while ago and then eventually decided I might as well just record it kind of as a podcast 
because fuck, who has time to read blogs anymore? I don't. I just live in the podcasting world 24-7 basically. So fuck it. I might as well just try my hand at doing this thing, even if it was mortifying. Um, I never thought that I would actually really find any traction with it or be able to connect with people through it. And I was fucking wrong. Uh, I'm, I mean, consider my success highly relative, but when you have expectations for absolutely nothing, uh, I've been shocked that this has been going kind of well. And then forced to reckon with the fact that I don't actually know what I'm doing. And I hope that I can figure it out now that things are gaining momentum. Fuck. So one of the things I'm trying to do more of is putting out more education-based podcasts. When I started doing this, well, two things. Number one, I was mostly just reading my blog posts that I was writing at the time. So it wasn't exactly a complete picture of, you know, the foundational parts of living with complex trauma or anything like that. It was literally just my musings from that day. And then fuck it, record it, put it out, don't think about it again, don't freak yourself out. At least you're trying, sort of. And secondly, at that point, I wasn't really doing that well. Uh, My own mental health was all over the place because, well, there's a pandemic going on. I was going through a lot of interpersonal challenges and also my environment got rather challenging when I came up to Illinois and stayed with my mom for a while. Spoilers, I'm still here and it's hard to describe why. So all of those things combined, I have really questioned what I was doing with the podcast and started rethinking things. And one of the big changes I want to make is just putting out more information for people because I incorrectly was assuming that other folks were as far along in their trauma learning and I guess recovery journey as I am. And that's silly. There are so many of us who have no idea what's going on still or haven't gotten all of the information that we really need. So backing it up, talking about new things that I am still learning about. And I think we all kind of need to know. I've really been back at the trauma reading and learning lately. It's partially a side effect of preparing to go back to school and also having open access to scientific literature again through the school's library. It feels like taking a few steps back into my old life. So as I get used to doing research and writing about it again, well, it's a bit of a challenge, but it's also kind of like riding a bike. It's been a few years of this indulgent emotional writing that was really for the sake of my own healing and self-learning. It's kind of embarrassing, but hey, I don't know, people seem to like it because it's been relatable and transparent in ways that they seem to appreciate. Plus, I just fucking needed a break from all of the peer-reviewed literature after my life in cellular biology research. Just writing manuscripts was really not fun or inspiring. Reading them actually may have been fucking worse. 
but psychology articles seem to be much less dense and a lot more interesting because uh, I have a personal interest in it, more so than cell signaling factors and cellular metabolism like I used to have to read about all the time. So getting back to this database reading and writing. And in doing so, shit, I'm learning so much myself. One of the concepts that I just stumbled upon the other day made me really excited. Whenever I can find something that helps to explain uh, me and the stupid shit that I hate myself for, I get pretty fucking stoked. Like, oh, there's a reason for that? I'm not just a crazy, emotional, psychotic asshole? Well, that's pretty fucking sweet. Anybody else feel this way? Well, I hope that this helps other folks too. I mean, you know that I am always maybe a bit too happy to speak honestly about my relationship difficulties, of which there are many. It has been a pervasive problem in my life, whether we're talking about best friends or family members or romantic partners. I'm, I'm just pretty bad at creating healthy relationships that last. My longest relationships tend to be relatively unhealthy with significant mutual codependency and a lack of boundaries. And my shortest relationships generally include some interpreted emotional slight or betrayal. After which, it's like you never existed in the fucking first place. So am I just an ice cold bitch when I'm not being a needy Nancy or what the motherfuck is that pattern about? Why am I so black and white in my relationships, just like every other aspect of life, when they mean so much to me, my self-worth is so dependent on my relationships and yet I get into a lot of fuckery with them anyways. Well, Hey, it turns out that there's actually a reason for this. Again, my inner critic can take a seat. It's learning time. So I just recently learned about relational deactivation. It's a form of dissociation. It explains a lot about my past history of being over the top committed to various relationships in the realm of martyrdom and also having intermittent periods of feeling completely aloof and detached from those exact same relationships. AKA, you mean the fucking world to me until the day you don't. And then I'll never speak to you again without batting a fucking eye. Good luck with your shit. I have better things to do. Harsh. Deactivation is a term that describes a defense mechanism used to protect our sense of self and safety. When early relationships are often challenging and dissatisfying, the child learns to dissociate from their feelings of confusion, hurt, and longing, rather than fully experiencing them. This is deactivation. The process of rejecting the sensations brought about by their own rejection through turning away from the desire to be close in the first place. For instance, if a child is repeatedly rejected and neglected by their mother, 
they will eventually stop attempting to earn their attention and approval. On a deeper level, the child will actually begin to quiet their own desire to have the maternal relationship in the first place. In my terms, if I don't want you, I can't be hurt when you don't want me. Deactivation is a defense mechanism to enable the individual to continue living. To fully feel the want and dissatisfaction would be too painful for the sufferer to come to terms with, so the sensation is just rejected. To acknowledge the unfulfilled needs or implications for the individual's inherent worth would be debilitating, so they learn to turn off the attachment altogether. Now, later in life, this survival technique obviously perpetuates challenging relationships. Sudden deactivation is difficult for all parties to come to terms with. The sudden switch from anxiously and codependently attached to deactivated can be labeled as flaky, hot and cold, or crazy. (laughs) My least favorite word from the uneducated outsider, as well as the confused individual who's experiencing the relational deactivation themselves. So deactivation is yet another neurological obstacle to forming long-lasting, intimate, and satisfying relationship in complex trauma sufferers. These relational challenges are one of the most common and pervasive complaints for trauma survivors who regularly experience anxious attachments and relationship obsessions, yet fail to create successful connections. So that's my little blurb on deactivation. Does that explain any challenges in your relational life? Uh, It sounds really familiar in my relationships. Friendly, familial, and romantic. It is a pattern I have struggled to understand, and I know I'm not the only one. I'm basically willing to chew off my own left arm and bleed to death for my loved ones. Well, until I feel slighted or rejected. After an event that challenges my sense of safety and security in the relationship, I'm fucking out. See you later. But not really, because you're blocked on all technological fronts and I moved without telling you. Is this hot and cold? Yeah, from the outside, I suppose so. However, it's still really grounding to know that there's a reason for my rapid shifts in attachment and the flighty label that I've brutalized myself over. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, after my childhood home was so characterized by being bullied, shamed, and generally alone, I learned to disconnect from my attachments, to fend for myself and keep quiet, and to hang out with animals rather than expecting my kin to care. During my early life attending public school, my challenging experiences with peers definitely did not help. I was very bullied in that environment as well, and my young friendships were fleeting. I was often abandoned for greener pastures when more popular kids became available for my old pals to buddy up with, and then I was often the butt of the joke. My personal life was leveraged against me as social fodder for their new friends. 
in short, throughout my childhood and adolescence, I really never experienced a safe or lasting relationship. The pain of rejection and loneliness was often so overwhelming, and I learned to detach from my expectations and hopes for relationships and to just move on quickly when I sensed the slightest danger. To this day, I turn my back on rocky relationships faster than I'm proud to admit. I'm with you until the fucking end, until I have a reason to think that you don't feel the same. Watch out for the sleeping lion because uh, I'm about to claw you right in the fucking face. Now that I know the reason, um, I might have some amends to make, internally and externally. I am sorry for being a flighty, deactivated dick, former friends. My trauma brain was just doing what it does best, looking out for danger and reacting before I could be hurt. I am sorry for the ways that I lashed out and put on my own disappearing act after so many people did the same fucking thing to me in the past. If you can believe it, this cycle of shittery that hurt both of us was supposed to be for my own protection. So, dudes, that's my deal. I've had a hard time living with myself, both in codependent and relationship abandoning times. It is always confusing to me. But now at least I have some basis for understanding my rapid relationship dissolutions from the past. Dangerous feeling connections lead to cut ties, and it's not just me being a dick. That's cool. I really always appreciate the reassurance. At least there's a psychological basis. If you can relate to this, uh, you might be a real motherfucker. (laughs) Please head over to t-mfrs. Dot com if you want to join up in the Discord community or shout something out to me. Uh, we're often talking about similar things to this, relationship issues and the ways that we are also responsible for fucking things up as much as other people have influenced it in the past. Plus how that is rooted in the experiences we've been through. So if you struggle with relationships, uh, just know that you definitely are not alone. You might just be deactivating. That's it, guys. It's a quick one. Just a little blurb on this new term I was unfamiliar with that explains so much of my life. If I have deactivated our relationship, I'm sorry. I hope that you'll give me another shot. Again, you can get a hold of me at t-mfrs.com, traumatizedmotherfuckers.com, and shout out whatever you've got. I'd love to hear about anything you're learning in your relationships as well. All right, fuckers, I'm out. I'll talk to you later. Peace. And I still believe that we're not that hopeless. We're not as fucked as you think in the moments. We can't do anything. The fucking joke is we're winning when you're blue.